Novena to Our Lady of Guadalupe, Day 5 And Tuesday, when it was still very dark, he came to leave from there, from his house, Juan Diego, to Tlatelolco to call a priest. And when he reached the side of the little hill at the foot of Tepeyac, the end of the mountain range, where the road comes out towards where the sun sets, where he had always gone before, he said, If I follow the road straight ahead, I don't want this noble lady to see me because for sure, just like before, she'll stop me so I can take the sign to the governor priest for her, as she ordered me to do. First, we must get rid of our first affliction. First, I must quickly call the priest, since my poor uncle anxiously awaits him. He immediately went around the hill, climbed up the middle, crossing over it, and emerged towards where the sun rises, so he could quickly arrive in Mexico City, so that the Queen of Heaven would not stop him. He thinks that where he made the turn, the one who sees everywhere perfectly, wouldn't see him. He saw how she was coming down from up on the hill, and that from there she had been looking at him, from where she saw him before. She came to meet him beside the hill. She came to block his way. She said to him, My youngest son, what's going on? Where are you going? Where are you headed? And he, perhaps he grieved a little, or perhaps he became ashamed, or perhaps he became afraid of the situation, or became fearful. He prostrated himself before him. He greeted her. He said to her, My little maiden, my youngest daughter, my little girl, I hope you are happy. How are you, how are you this morning? Does your beloved little body feel well, my lady, my girl? Though it grieves me, I will cause your face and your heart anguish. I must tell you, my little girl, that one of your servants, my uncle, is very ill. A terrible sickness has taken hold on him. He will surely die from it soon. And now I shall go quickly to your little house in Mexico to, to call one of the ones, beloved of our Lord, one of our priests, so that he will go to hear his confession and prepare him. Because in reality, for this we were born, we who come to await the task of our death. But while I am going to do this, afterwards I will return here again to go carry your venerable breath, your venerable word. Lady, my little girl, forgive me, be patient with me a little longer, because I am not deceiving you with this, my youngest daughter, my little girl. Tomorrow, without fail, I will come in all haste. As soon as she heard Juan Diego's words, the merciful perfect virgin answered him. Listen, put it into your heart, my youngest son, that what frightened you, what afflicted you is nothing. Do not let it disturb your face, your heart. Do not fear this sickness or any other sickness, nor any sharp or hurtful thing. Am I not here? I who have the honor to be your mother? Are you not in my shadow and under my protection? Am I not the source of your joy? 
Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need anything more? Let nothing else worry you, disturb you. Don't grieve your uncle's illness, because he will not die of it for now. You may be certain that he is already healed. And at that very moment, his uncle was healed, as they later found out. And Juan Diego, when he heard the venerable breath, the venerable word of the Queen of Heaven, he was greatly comforted by it. His heart became peaceful, and he begged her to send him immediately as messenger to see the governing bishop, to take him her sign for proof so that he would believe. In our meditation on this piece of the story, we see how Juan Diego, in a moment of crisis, a moment of terrible sadness, has to deal with his uncle's illness, and it, it steals from his heart some of the confidence that he had felt with Blessed Mother's task that she had given him. And so well does it apply to our own lives in many ways when we're in a similar moment of crisis or or stress or anxiety that we're tempted to avoid her. So the questions we have today are the following. Do I sometimes try to avoid the gaze of the Blessed Mother or the voice of God in my conscience? Often this is the way we deal with something unhoped for or unforeseen circumstances in our lives that become obstacles. Do I try and avoid her look of love or the voice of God in our conscience that calls us to, to fidelity, calls us to the more generous thing to do or the correct thing to do? Secondly, do I recognize how she is intervening in my life and speaking to my heart to reassure me and restore my peace? Am I able to admit where she is and how she's working my life and to give her the space to do so? How she's speaking to my heart as any good mother does and longs to do more and more or in a way that's effective for her child, her son, her daughter, to reassure and to restore peace. And she wants to do this for us so that our task will be carried out effectively will give God glory, will bring us the happiness that we long for, and of course the eternal happiness that we're made for. And lastly, can I accept how honored she feels to be my mother? Really and truly, it's an honor for her to be my mother, as she said to Juan Diego. Do not let it disturb your face, your heart. Do not fear this sickness or any other sickness, nor any sharp or hurtful thing. Am I not here? I who have the honor to be your mother. Are you not in my shadow, under my protection? Can I accept that really she's overjoyed to be my mother as she was for Jesus? And the same joy that she sang at his incarnation in her womb, she feels it for us and she wants us to share in that joy in her love and the love of Jesus for us. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor 
on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Praise the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen.